Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me, which has been recorded entirely on location. Um, which actually is a phrase, now I think about it, makes very little sense because wherever I recorded it would be some form of location. So I don't quite understand what that really means now, having used it for years. In the context of TFM, what it means is that um, through the course of the week, every excerpt has been recorded somewhere different, somewhere random and somewhere where the mood or the spirit took me. Um, so before... Um, we get started, I suppose we ought to have a bit of that um, not recorded on location, I think, uh, twangy guitar. <laughs> Well, it's first thing Monday morning and um, just settling into being uh, in Spain. Um, and the, the sound you can hear in the background, it may, if it sounds a bit like a building site, that's because, as you'd expect, it kind of, it kind of still is. The development that we're staying on, a place called the Finca, um, is a golf complex. And um, it's one of these places that you would have expected to have been built up um, years and years and years ago but the pace of development has been really really slow so there's constantly something going on but it's only ever a couple of properties at a time uh, you arrive every time you arrive having not been here for a little while you can you can almost count what's what's changed uh, since the last time you were here so you know and the building work starts about seven in the morning that's when they you, you know you hear the you, you hear the sort of the uh, the diggers um, start to fire up and, and various bits of noise uh, start to appear. I've just got back from a walk. I had a walk down to Almoradi, which is the next village along, and had a really nice kind of, you know, sort of four or five, well, probably five or six mile walk, which is really great. And, um, and, it, and it, 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 it's, it's enabled me to link a couple of things together, really. We went, we went to, the, um, to the market um, on Saturday, and one of the abiding memories of the market is is that particular type of spanish lady of a certain age sort of you know they're, they're indeterminate but i guess they're somewhere about 73 um and and they're all dolled up for the market and they've got their they've got their shopping trolleys which they push in front of them like weapons to batter their way through uh the market apart from when they they stand in gaggles to have incessant chats about whatever's happened through the course of the last week and it's clearly a ritual it's a wonderful ritual actually you know and great to great to watch and and and, and be around um but the thing that always strikes me about it apart from the specific look i don't know where they go to buy the clothes to have that specific spanish kind of um you know market lady look but it's it's these trolleys it's what what at what point are they are they government issued at what point does everybody get them because they've all got them and they all use them in the same pseudo aggressive uh, manner uh, i'd say passive aggressive but there's nothing passive about it um and it all clicked this morning when i was walking through algorfa uh, and i know i said almoradi earlier on almoradi was where the market was algorfa was the village i walked through this morning because uh, I was walking through it around about nine o'clock and there was this huge flurry of activity. As, as lots of doors in this sleepy little village opened and lots of frantic parents were taking kids to school with moments to spare. And it wasn't like the school run back home because there was no cars involved, but there was this just mad 
uh, uh, you know, almost simultaneously, you know, 50 doorways opened in the space of two or three minutes and kids were shuffled out. But the one thing that was I noticed was all these school kids had mini brightly coloured versions of the same of the same trolley bags. So clearly it's something they get them on from a very, very early age. Uh, and they get them all very comfortable with them. So it must be something you carry through your life. And I guess into your, you know, into your, your, your 20s and towards your, mid, your midlife, you don't, you hide your trolley away. Um, but, but then when you get to the point where you need it for the market, then it proudly comes back out again. And there you are literally ready to rumble. Tuesday. It's dusk and the sound you can hear in the background um, is a basketball uh, as um, Jack, who's just said hello uh, and is basketball crazy, is playing basketball at one end of a municipal, um, uh, well, park, I guess. And Josh, who has got a Paw Patrol football, is playing into a goal at the other end. And it talks to something that you see a lot of. I've, I've, I've seen a lot, actually, over the years when travelling through Europe, which is how good the facilities are, um, the local facilities are, for kids just to get out and play play sport so this is a this is a you know it's a it's a beautiful little setup um there's a load of outdoor um machinery for doing sort of general keep fit but there's the most fantastic um, basketball stroke five-a-side football court and it's and it's just here it's just open and it's here and there's another one literally the other side and if i tell you this is just for this kind of little development really um but You've only got to go through. Uh, I was looking in, in Guatemala this morning when I was out for a run, and and you've only got to look at um, the the stuff that's available in terms of the municipal swimming pool and all the other kind of stuff. So, if we really want to get get our if we want to get our kids moving and we want to get them more involved in sport, then we've we've got to have better facilities than we've we've got. And this comes from somebody. It's a bit of a bugbear of mine because the football pitches we expect kids to play on. And and the you know the the council pitches are largely awful. I'm very lucky that with the under you know with the mini soccer up to under tens, we we share a facility with the cricket club in the village, and that's that's really really nice. But as soon as we move out from there, then you're just onto really really badly maintained uh, grass surfaces. There's no there's no artificial surfaces. There's no 3G surfaces. There's nothing like the amount there should be when you look at the facilities that are. Our, you know there are across across Europe so if you want to talk about leveling up and I'm quite happy to talk about leveling up then what we need to start doing is we need to start really ensuring that these kind of facilities are available I did to be honest I I wasn't planning on getting ranty about this today but just because we're here and 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 just these things are here and the kids are taking advantage of them it makes you it really reinforce what you do or don't don't have in the space that you're you know that you're you're currently in so hats off hats off to the spanish but also with what i've seen in france and in germany and you know you drive through any small village i mean the number of places you go through in germany the number of small villages you go through in germany and you see half a dozen tennis courts you see 3g pictures you see all manner of things and we just we just don't seem to have the same the same level that's available for for our kids so it is it is a bit of a a bit of a takeaway and I'm going to disappear off now and see if I can't 
if I can't maybe try and um, shoot a few hoops before we lose the light. It's Wednesday afternoon, it's about quarter past two. I'm walking down the, the um, sea line, the shoreline, um, at Guadamar del Segura. Um, and this is a place I've been coming to for, it must be getting on 30 years now. Certainly way over 25. Um, and it stems from the fact that my dad's sister uh, had a, a villa in a town um, that one of the probably one of the major resorts down from uh, from sort of Alicante and Benidorm, which is a, a place called Torrevieja. And um, so we uh, we used to come here in my sort of early twenties um, and stay in this villa, which was on the outskirts, on the the north of Torrevieja. And we used to drive up to, to Guatemala, which was about a 15, 20 minute drive, uh, maybe not even that, maybe 10 to 15 minute drive from where this villa was. And of course, back then, having a family member with a place in Spain, and it was a villa, it, it, we, you know, it wasn't, it was a couple of bedrooms, it had a pool, um, and, it was, and it was just incredible to, to, to think that you had somewhere that if it was available you could you could go and you could stay and have a week or a couple of weeks and and obviously we're in a situation where we could come off peak so you you know flights are relatively easy to come by though it was back in the day where cheap flights used to be ridiculous times of day or night so it was well before um, people used to have sort of scheduled flight slots you you always flew on charter flights so you flew on on uh, holiday flights which meant that you were either going ridiculously early in the morning or often very late at night. I mean, I've known us arrive here, you know, at two o'clock in the morning to pick up a rental car and, and get out to, uh, you know, to, to get out because that's, that's, where, the, that's where the flights were. The, the, we, it was pre-EasyJet, it was pre-Jet2, you know, everything was a, was a holiday flight and everything else was just too expensive. So we, we've been coming here for a long, long time and I mean, this beach is, is beautiful. I mean, I'm out having having a walk, so I shall walk two, two and a half miles in one direction and walk, you know, walk back, and and it's just it's just absolutely glorious. And obviously, you forget because it's the Med that it's not tidal. So, you know, I can walk down the the the, the shoreline is, is is always essentially the same. So, it's 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 remarkably consistent or predictable in that in that respect but it's easily there's a breeze here so it's very easy to you know had we got bodyboards or anything like that it'd be very easy to to, to while away a day just bodyboarding because there's definitely enough surf I mean it's it's akin to being in Cornwall in terms of the surf but obviously the, the other thing is the sea is a 
It's the most beautiful temperature and I'm, I'm walking, it's what, it's 22, 23 degrees today. There's a slight breeze on this, on this beach which means that it's a, it's a terror, this beach, for being sunburnt because you get the, you get the wind burn. Uh, so it never feels that warm, but I've, I've got very badly burnt, and I mean very badly burnt, on this beach in January, would you believe? One year we came out, end of January, I think it was January or February, anyway, it was one of those two months, we came out, I'm sure it was January, and I got really badly burned on here because I just didn't, just didn't feel warm. And spent an entire day down here in that sea and got home and was literally like a lobster. Um, so it's one of those places that even now going for a walk for an hour, I'm conscious that I could very well, I've not put any cream on, so I'm very, very well could, could end up, you know, slightly, slightly red tonight when I, you know, when I get back. But I don't know, this, we were a little bit concerned when we came out as to whether it would be warm enough to come for a holiday um, here, you know, in the last week of October. But it's, it's the most idyllic temperature. It really is the most beautiful temperature. I know people say if the weather in the UK was like this you wouldn't go abroad and that's exactly the point. You wouldn't. This is this is just the temperature you would want. It's you know sort of low 20s, warm enough to get some colour, warm enough that the sea is absolutely beautiful, not cold at all and you could easily just dip in that sea all day. Um, but it's, you know, as I said, it's, it's 20 past two in the afternoon and not even a thought of having to be inside, which obviously for most parts of the year over here, there's no way you could be out at this sort of time in this part of the day, you know, because you would, you'd frazzle. So um, Guatemala will always be, as I said before, I think I said on the, uh, on, on the I, I put an extra shot of the podcast out on Sunday and um, it, this is this is one of those one of those happy places. It's just one of those really happy places. So I'm going to continue wandering up and down, up and down the sea line, and continue to paddle. Uh, and I will uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. It's about quarter past ten at night um, and it's the last night before we travel home. It's Thursday evening and I'm hoping you can hear in the background the sound of the crickets because it's, uh, it's been one of the sounds that's been really evocative of, of being here. Uh, and of course it's a, a joy to be able to sit out in an evening um, because glancing at the weather forecast back home that's just not a not a thing so to still be able to do that so close to the you know the beginning of November is is, is great um, and I wanted to capture if I could this soundscape so I'm hoping it'll it'll get picked up um, but it's a sound that um, to, to me is evocative of of those American um, drama shows it used to be that uh, anytime you 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 had a night scene in the US particularly in those kind of dramas from the 80s those kind of you know a team or whatever whatever it would be all those kind of things that we used to watch that that 
you know, all the, the particularly the, de the detective shows, I would have thought as well, particularly the kind of the, you know, the Starsky and Hutch and the, you know, Cagney and Lacey and all that kind of stuff, that it went, it went to a night scene and what you got was that, that sound of the, of the crickets. And it's, it's been something that's been really, really, it's really struck me this time in a way. It's not struck me before, actually. It's not a sound I remember from previous trips, but it's been really a, a, a dominant one in the evenings this time, this time round. Um, I can't say I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm not looking forward to going home, um, but an extra two or three days here would be, would be nice. It's just that thing where you get sort of seven days in to a holiday and you really start to fully unwind. Um, and actually what would be really nice now would be to do an extra two or three, an extra two or three nights, get to sort of that 10, 11 night period, which would be a really nice nice kind of break but it's tomorrow that we'd used to head back and it's a relatively early start there's a there's a yeah, the alarms are set for just after seven and we need to be on the road by about 8 30 to get to the airport and, and do the various do the various things to you know to to go home um and straight back into it with a load of junior football and Sheffield United playing on Saturday and other things in, in as well with the kids prep for going back to school for for next for next week and I'm a bit conscious that I've not spoken a lot really about much to do with where I am or where I've been or a lot of little bits of information about about the area I'll probably try and maybe do um, it's not because I haven't thought of things actually I, I might even try to do a little extra um, for those of you who don't know I do a, um, a thing called the an extra shot which I do far too infrequently uh, as a bit of bonus content for those people who um, support me on the Patreon platform, who throw a few quid in every month just as a kind of a thank you for, you know, for, for this and for the other things that I do. Um, and I'll probably do a few bits, maybe try and do something over the weekend in terms of some odd bits of irrelevance that I've noted while I've been, I've been floating around. Um, and of course, I, I'm well aware that I've got politics and Brexit and well not Brexit but I've got lots of UK politics to catch up on uh, by the time I get back not least the fact that I haven't even once um, spoken about the vote around uh, effluence into rivers, rivers and all that kind of thing so I'm sure at some point I'll touch on that but for the moment I'm just I don't know I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking up at a sky with literally not a cloud in it a, a beautiful um, blanket of stars and and you know I've got a, a glass of a glass of Spanish brandy and I'm going to take an hour maybe an hour and a half to just sit out and soak in the remainder of this before we have to we have to get off um, for the airport tomorrow one thing I will say actually something that has struck me while I've been here uh, and I'll try and post a picture of this because I, I found myself doing this the other day while I was walking through our golfer I was struck by a door um, and so took a photo of this door and it reminded me of the fact that for whatever reason, I started this about 20 years ago, I've been fascinated by doors. So I often see door frames that I'm really taken with and take photos of, of, of door frames. It was something that, it started life in Cornwall actually, it was something I did in Cornwall and then it's something that I've continued to do ever since and I was taken by a very, very grand doorway in Algorfa uh, that I took a photo of and it reminded me that I hadn't done doorways 
you know, for quite for quite a while. I think it might stem back to Downing Street, you know. I think it might be something to do with that particular door frame uh, and that particular door and the fact that ever since I've just had this fascination with, with doors. So the whole door thing's been mixed up a little bit this week while I've been here and, and I've found myself looking at doors again and taking a few random pictures of doors so I'll uh, I'll try and remember to post that picture of the door that I took the other day it's a very very impressive door very I mean the Spanish know how to do a door um, you know I mean <clears throat> the funny thing about this place is there's lots here that's kind of half finished and half done but when they do when they do, when they put their mind to it to do something well they do it really well and and this was a really really well done door so I think I think I'll leave you um, tonight enjoy the rest of the evening uh, and I'll leave you with a whole concept of a of a, of a of a fairly spectacular door that I chanced upon in in Al Gorfa <laughs> The best laid plans and all that um, you can hear that I'm outside uh, but I'm not outside in Spain I'm outside uh, my house having arrived back from Spain um, and um, I've just been out on a on a walk um, to actually complete my 550th day of either walking or running a minimum of four miles I think there's a couple of days in there that dropped below but certainly they were only sort of three mile runs or what have you or three mile walks but um, certainly for the, for the as far back as, as I can remember they were a minimum of four so um, 550 today um, which is quite nice to see that um, pop up on the old watch um, the reason I say best laid plans is because I decided I'd wanted to record this final section for the week either on the plane or at the departure gate um, and of course had completely forgotten that both on the plane and at the departure gate I would have to be wearing a mask and that would have made it virtually impossible to record the section so I couldn't finish the week off in Spain the way I wanted to finish it off and we, we were on a relatively early flight this morning and it was quite chaotic getting through Spanish, the, 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 the Alicante airport um, mainly I have to say um, because uh, there were far too many people who arrived at check-in for EasyJet not able to present the forms uh, and information they needed to get you back into the country. Uh, I mentioned last Friday how efficient the Spanish had been in getting in and the information and how everything worked. Um, they were equally efficient in ensuring that you had completed a passenger locator form uh, before you were able to board the craft on the way back. Um, and of course there were people stood in the queue to check their bags desperately trying to complete the paperwork and there was two or three examples of people that were on checking desks for 15-20 minutes having various discussions which I can only think related to the ability to to travel including at least one person I, I believe who was turned away and that whole sense of British exceptionalism um, that, that is floating around and I've felt very keenly today um, then, then that, that kicked in but the, the Spanish said no, sorry this is the rules your government wants us to follow and we're going to follow them which I, I, you know, I have to say I applaud them for. So it meant that there wasn't A either the time or B um, it wasn't possible um, to, um, to to do the thing I wanted to do, which was finish the podcast off 
um, actually uh, actually at the, at the departure gate or on the plane. So I might stop for a second and wave to Steve uh, as they go and take the dogs out for the walk because I'm sat at the front of the house recording this. Um, the other thing I wanted to, um, to touch on, in fact the big thing I wanted to touch on, um, I, could, I could bang on for quite a while about the disappointments of, of the way we behave uh, when we're abroad, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to um, too much. I'm going to finish on something life-affirming. I've spent most of the week in my crocs and I have rediscovered my Crocs through the pandemic and I adore my Crocs and it was wonderful to be able to spend a week just wearing my Crocs. So it was great to be back in shorts. Uh, it was a, it was a distressing to have to, to, to put jeans on and to put socks and shoes on today, but it was just wonderful to have a week back in the Crocs. And I know I've mentioned this on TFM before, um, having had grief about it and being quite pleased that there'd been a resurgence in croc wearing. Um, but I, I, I was in two minds whether to take them. I took them, I've worn them a load through the, through the week and it's just, been, it's just been fantastic. And I don't know whether it's something about being in Europe. I don't know whether it's something about the slight, slightly more bohemian nature of the lifestyle. But nobody gave me a second glance and I just felt absolutely fine wandering around, pair of shorts, t-shirt, crocs, boom, absolutely spectacular. Um, I hope you've had a good week, um, I, hope, I hope this has landed okay, I, I'm, it, it, I've, as I mentioned at the beginning I've recorded it on location and in a lot of instances without a, a lot of prep so I, I, I don't know what the audio quality is going to be like I'm sure it'll be it, it'll be something that you'll be able to understand I'm sure it'll be coherent uh, or as coherent as I get but I don't know the might it might wave on quality a little bit depending on the backdrops and what have you but I really wanted to to just record it in different spaces as I say as and when the mood took so I hope it's worked out okay and apologies to all of those of you who um, are avid um, Corona Diaries listeners because obviously it was delayed a couple of hours today no idea why it was all set up as normal to go at the right sort of time should have arrived I was I was in mid-air when it should have landed uh, it went out okay but the file was corrupted haven't still can't work out why so apologies for that that two or three hour but hopefully it, it, it made the experience all the more worthwhile when you finally got your hands on it right have a great weekend and I will talk to you next week If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.